I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Folks, David Frost, my strategic forecaster here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, February 13, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. So we actually have a lot of things working today. There is, despite the fact that markets were really, really quiet all day long, there is a lot of information to work with, not necessarily going to give us exactly what's going to happen tomorrow morning, but there is a lot of information to work with. The market is providing signals, so let's take it for what it is. We'll go through everything that I'm seeing, and we'll take it from there. Before we get rolling, let me first pause and thank everybody for participating, posting comments under the videos each and every night. I love the interaction. Please keep up the great work. Also, hit the thumbs up button on the video and share the video with anybody that you think can benefit from this information. So what do we have? We have a textbook doji candle based on today's close. Now, what's interesting is the market actually dove down at the end of the day to create that candle on the daily chart. But let's be careful before jumping to conclusions. So we're going to go through everything. But let me just make mention of something that I think is imminent. But the problem is we don't necessarily know which direction. So let me make mention of what I'm referring to. So the market is likely... And I've been hinting at this over the last day or so, but the market's been likely setting up for a larger move. Now, I'm not talking about a 150 S&P point move or a 1500 Dow point move. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about something eminent, whether it's tomorrow or Friday, maybe even into next week. But I have a suspicion that it's eminent and it could be, let's just say for argument's sake, it's a 50, 60 point S&P move. If that were the case, and hypothetically, let's just say that's the case. Where does that put us on both sides, north and south, based on today's close? Well, we'll use round numbers. Today closed at 275. So if we look north from 275, and we'll use five, we'll use 50 S&P handles, we'll use five points in the spider we'll just use a round number of five we know that the market can obviously go higher or it can go lower than what i'm going to describe but for the time being we'll use five and while we're at it we don't need any more trend lines we're going to start everything fresh from this point forward you don't have to be a mathematician to figure out north and south 280 and 270 we're right in the middle at 275 these are obviously adjustable numbers, right? It's 278 and change. It's 279. It's 271. There's a gap here, and the gap is actually comes in at 271.20. So even if we came up short a little bit, they're filling a gap here. There's a 100-period moving average below. So on the downside, there's your supports if we were having a bigger-than-a-bread-box down day. Or two, obviously it doesn't have to happen in one day, but where are we? So we're right in the middle, we're above the 100 period moving average. The market puts in a doji candle right out of the textbooks and they leave you guessing saying, is that it? Is the market going to turn down from here? 
Well, for most people, they have no idea. But we can look farther. We can look under the hood. We're going to peel back the onion. We're going to look high, wide, and deep. And we're going to try and uncover what's going on. So the first thing I see is, and this isn't new news, this is old news, but obviously part of what makes this range what it is, is this huge breakdown candle. And that's one of the issues is finding resistance areas within that breakdown candle, right? They happened intraday, but in one day, are they really going to be solid resistance areas on the way back up? That's one of the challenges. There's other methods. We use other things. There's other pivots. But just from a daily chart perspective, that big breakdown candle is a challenge. But at the same time, the market loves to go and challenge the high of those big breakdown candles, the lows of the big break up candles. We see it over and over and over again. I'm sure you're getting tired of hearing me say it. What else do we have on the daily chart? Well, we're above the 200 period moving average. And we also discussed yesterday about the fact that yesterday's low is going to be important. That still is. Basically, we'll use it right now for hourly closes. Any hourly close below that low, and that's probably trouble, they're likely going to go and at minimum of fill the gap. Now, you're already halfway home by the time, or more, by the time that happens. But nevertheless, it is what it is. We only have what they give us to work with. The numbers are the numbers. And on the upside, the resistance is the issue I discussed a minute ago. There's not a lot of resistance between here, where we are, 275, give or take, today's high, and the breakdown candle high. There's an area in here, and we're basically entering it now, where the market can get sucked up like a vacuum right up to that 280 level, 279, fill the gap, the top of the breakdown candle. Somewhere in there, the market can certainly get sucked up like a vacuum. It can happen quickly. In the big scheme of things, it's really not that far away. On the flip side, I always give you both sides of the coin. I have to. I think it's proper. I think it's appropriate. On the other side, we're getting into another zone where we're going to have a turn. Doesn't have to happen tomorrow. Doesn't have to happen Friday. We're in a zone. Let's call it within the next few days, I am expecting a turn. Can the market rally higher and turn down in that time zone? Yes, absolutely it can. I believe we're in a time zone for what I'll call a more important turn. And when I say that, I mean more of a turn than what occurred just a week or so ago. I'm saying a more important turn than that. So all this stuff packed in together might not seem on the surface like it gives you an imminent trade. But if I unpack it farther, there's probably one lurking. Let me explain. Option number one, nothing happens. We have another day or two like we had today, and we just go sideways, and then the story changes. That's fine. When the market changes, the story changes. That's okay. We'll deal with it if it changes. I'm telling you the story as I see it today. So therefore, option number two is higher. If we go higher... If we get sucked up to 278, 279, 280 in that neighborhood, can they bust right through that and keep going? Anything's possible. There's another big breakdown candle high up at 286, 287, 286 and changes. We'll call it 287. What's the actual number? The high is 286.91. 
So I'm not suggesting that's going to happen. I'm just saying if we were busting through, if we were really breaking out for some crazy reason above these pivot highs here, above this $280 level, unlikely, but I'm just speculating way, way speculating, then at least you know where they're headed. That's the only point that I wanted to make. But the reality is, is they're not likely to just waltz right through that area. They may stay up there for a day or so, but they're unlikely to just whistle past the graveyard. So if that happened, if the market got sucked up there like a vacuum, I'm going to be shorting that area. And if I'm wrong, I'll know where I'm wrong and I'll have to live with it. But I'll still take that trade 100% of the time. And by the way, if that did happen, here's what you have to watch out for. Here's where the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate will come in. Every trader under the sun will be shorting 280, 279 up in that neighborhood. So for them to get through there to try and get some of them to cover and give up on it is not uncommon. It can happen. They can also come up short, not let anybody in. They can do it in the futures market overnight. They can go run up there, and we've seen this before. By the time everybody shows up in the morning, the market's already been up to 280 or in the corresponding futures-related number. They've already turned around, and they don't let anybody in. That's another possibility. I'm just laying out the different things that happen. I've seen this all before, and you really just don't know which one they're going to lay on you. Let's talk about the other side. So all of a sudden, we're going lower, and what happens? There's a gap. And there's 270 is a big fat round number. There's a moving average down there. So it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility at all for the market to issue a reality check and remind everybody that it doesn't go up every single day and remind everybody that we've been up over 400 S&P points since Christmas. So from where I sit, not saying it's going to happen but I won't be totally surprised to see one of those two numbers hit within the next two days. Or at least make an attempt, a valiant attempt in either direction at one of those two numbers. Remember, those numbers weren't necessarily scientific. Those numbers were around five points from where we are now, 50 S&P handles, we used round numbers. So they're not scientific. Don't use those numbers to do anything. I use them to explain a concept. Let's look around the park. We're down at a 10-minute time frame. Let's go from 10 all the way up, and let's see what else we can find if we have any other clues telling us what's imminent in the market. So here you can see, at least I can see, and my eye was immediately drawn to what looks like a long, drawn-out, bearish pattern. In the afternoon, the market looks like it started to put in a bullish pattern and started to break to the upside, but was rejected at this morning's highs and subsequently sold off into the end of the day. And that's interesting. That's a slight change in the program from the last couple of days. So remember Friday we had that big spike at the end of the day. Monday was just basically sideways all day long. And then yesterday on Tuesday we finished not at but near the highs of the day. We have a gap higher and we finished not at, but near the lows of the day. So it's a little bit of change in the program. How about the hourly chart? What do we have? Do we have anything material that we can draw from the hourly chart? Well, I guess I can make a case here, right? Here's a bullish pattern, and it played out. Or I can do something different, right? So I can stretch it back here, 
and I can say, well, we went up, and now we're just going sideways. You know, I can draw it any way I like, and you can debate either way, but it's not bearish, so that's the main point. It's certainly not a bearish pattern. There's nothing bearish on the hourly chart other than the final candle in Wednesday's session. That's bearish. That's a reversal from the previous candle, but it's not anything material. At the end of the day, the market still finished up about a quarter of 1%. I'm not saying it's a big up day. I'm just saying it was up, not reading into the last candle of the day. Not that I can't. I'm just not on this particular candle. There was decent volume in this candle, and that's as it relates to many of the others. But again, if it's a puzzle piece, it's a small one. How about a 120-minute chart? We've been using some additional time frames because of where we are on the charts. I need more information. What is this telling us? It's, again, the same thing. It's really just another bullish pattern. Again, minus the last candle of the day, but I'm not going to just single that one thing out and say the market's bearish because of the last candle of the day on Wednesday. That's not the reason to be bearish. So this is a bullish pattern or it's not a bearish pattern. How about a half of a day's activity? So now we have two textbook doji candles. Do we read anything into that? Not necessarily. What if we get three textbook doji candles? Would we read anything into that? Well, I might. I might start saying the market's going sideways, building energy to go higher. Others might say the more doji candles you have, the more likely the market is to go lower. I wouldn't. That's how two different people can look at the same thing and come up with two entirely different conclusions. That's what makes a market. That's what makes it so fascinating. Back to the daily chart. Anything conclusive on the daily chart, anything conclusive based on everything that we've been discussing thus far? And the answer is no. There's nothing conclusive either way. The trend is up. The market is bullish. We can't deny that. And by the way, even if we came down, as discussed before, 270, does that change the trend in the market? And the answer is, no, it does not. We're going to take a slight detour for a moment. We're going to look inside the numbers. So let's take a look at the uh, morning notes for a second, and I'll paraphrase. I'm basically telling the traders, similar to what or some of what I've mentioned to you already, the market continues higher. It's headed for a destination. I also mentioned Valentine's Day seems as good as any. That seems to coincide with tomorrow having a bigger than a bread box move. We'll see if that's the likely scenario. I also begin to discuss the vacuum scenario and also mentioning there's another side that markets are very extended. And I always like to remind traders whenever we're in situations like this, how far we've come from the December lows. So we could see a reversal from anywhere. You just need to be aware of that. Now stay with me. There's a method to the madness. Then I go on to say we're on the lookout for a spark and we have two items within the immediate news cycle. Those two items are the government shutdown and the trade wars with China. Both are not new news and the government shutdown had a positive effect on markets while closed in December. If the geniuses make a deal to avert another government shutdown, will it be a sell-the-news event? Just letting you in my mind, a little speculation, but I wanted to put it out there. And here's the thing. Now think about it for a minute. Sometimes those things are funny, but sometimes there's more to meets the eye. 
I'm discussing the market making a larger move. I think the deadline for this government shutdown nonsense is Friday. One minute there's a shutdown, the next minute there's not. There's a deal, there's no deal. Maybe there's a deal, maybe there's not. Who knows? So that could certainly be a convenient excuse for a market in either direction. Now, let's go to something else. How about the midday update? Here's an interesting one. The band plays on. So markets are very quiet and grinding higher, headed for a destination. I know that's broken record stuff, but stay with me. Here's where I begin to further build the case. It's too quiet. They're winding up for a larger move. Could it be a failure? Yes. But that's not what the charts are saying. I always want to remind traders what we think and what the charts are saying may be two entirely different things. You need to learn how to separate the two. I start to discuss the zone on the support side is the gap that was left open from yesterday. So when the midday update came out, we already had some lows that were established for the day. So what I say is below those, they're going to go fill the gap. If we don't go below or even to retest those lows, then the market's likely going in the other direction, meaning on the upside. If markets can break above today's high, they'll likely bolt on another 10 handles in the S&P up into the 2770s. That didn't happen, but they did go back to test the 2760 area. So here's the 130 update. For the rest of the day, as far as the S&P is concerned, the low of the day is the bogey. Break it, and they're likely going to fill the gap. Hold it, and they'll likely float higher back up towards 2060 or so. The IWM is lagging a little bit. That's not lost on me. So I'm bringing everything I'm seeing out in the forefront. By the way, after that 130 post, the market did go back up to 2760, by the way. Let's take a look at the morning gap trades. There was only one, but one is okay. It's better than none. Dish. Entry hit. Yes, we'll take a look at the chart in a moment. Next up, stocks on the move. We only had two hit today. That's okay. Two is better than none, and it's even better than one. So three total trades hit their triggers today. Let's go take a look and see what happened on the charts. Here was the morning gap trade, dish. You can see where the stock closed yesterday. The closing price was 31.26. Stock was getting a decent haircut at the open. 28.46 was the number. It was supportive of the market. It certainly got the bounce higher off that level. Not a great trade, not a tremendous bounce, but certainly worked. Some are better than others. That's just the way it works. Green is good. We'll stay with green. Another one on the list that you saw before, Trip, that hit its price target. The target was $55.60. You can see what happened. You can see where the stock opened yesterday all the way up. What was the actual price? $60.40, the closing price. And we nailed the low pretty much to the penny, and the rest is history. Got about a $2 bounce out of that one. That's nice. Here's the third one. This was okay. It was a decent rally off the 2740 level between a 60 and 70 cent bounce. That's actually pretty decent in percentage terms, though. I'm getting tons of messages, so I know there's a lot of traders out there that are using these trades to their advantage. They're working. I use the same process to go through each and every morning. So as long as there's activity in the market, we should have trades every single day. Well, we'll have opportunities every single day. Will we get a trade every single day? There will certainly be days where we don't get a trade. It happens. But I appreciate all the messages from all you traders out there. You're welcome. This is why I'm doing what I'm doing.
Back in our lane over at the IWM, anything going, same routine as the S&P. There's no new information. It's not leading the market. It was actually lagging a little bit today, but not enough to make a federal case out of it. So we'll just leave it alone. We're actually at a more important area in the IWM than the spiders are to their important area. So that's interesting in and of itself. Will the IWM be the canary or another market be the canary in the coal mine? Will that be the first market to final destination? We'll see. Over in the transportation department, you can see we're edging up to the 200 period moving average. Unless we fall apart tomorrow, they would like to go get the 200 period moving average at a bare minimum. The Qs, resistance once again at the 200 period moving average. This doesn't mean they won't get through. What it means is they haven't gotten through yet. And keep in mind, they have not filled this gap yet. That was not a fill today, and this is not a fill here. This gap is open. XLF, good position on the chart, a poor day. It's a bad close in the XLF. Are they going to close the gap tomorrow, or was it just a bad close, nothing more, nothing less? We don't know. This doesn't really help us. Any help over in the semiconductor index? No, it's just a day where the SMH was up a little bit. That's it. No information, no valuable information that we can put to use. No puzzle pieces here. We move it along. I was going to skip gold, but I figured I'd show you the chart and then tell you I'm going to skip gold because there's nothing going on. What's it doing? Looks like it's winding up to make a move higher. That's what it looks like it's doing. As long as the 20 period moving average holds, not being able to get to 1300 and the way in which it's trading on this daily chart, those things put together is bullish until and unless one of those two things changes. Crude oil made that low the other day, turning back up. The big scheme of things is nothing's changed. The big scheme of things, this is really what we're looking at. This is what we're looking at. So what happens inside of this channel really doesn't matter. Until and unless we can break above or below in a significant manner that channel, then you're just going to go back and forth. Is it going to break up now? It may. Is it going to go back down a little bit? It may. Inside the number, traders get those crude oil numbers each and every day. And traders that have taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader will go to the other charts and they will find the intraday trades in crude oil or any other chart they want to look at. And with that, I'm going to give it a wrap. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My strategic forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.